Hello, and welcome to the Let's Talk Attachments podcast. My name is Jessica De Silva, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and an attachment coach helping adults end their unhealthy dating patterns and create stronger, secure relationships. Attachment theory gives us insight into how we currently experience love through understanding our earlier attachment dynamics. I created this podcast as a safe space to share stories and insights on different aspects aspects of attachment so that you can better understand how this manifests in your own life. My only request is that you listen with an open heart and an open mind. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hello and welcome to today's podcast episode, which is going to be a more personal take on something that I talk about uh, very often with you guys and advocate for very much because it's super important in any relationship. And that topic is meeting your needs. So in order to maintain a healthy relationship, it's absolutely vital that we honor our needs in the process. So connecting to our needs and learning to meet them is the foundation of the attachment, you know, coaching work that I do because it's that important for everyone's well-being. Now, I always suggest listening to my podcast episodes with an open heart and an open mind as we all have very different experiences and ways of approaching love and life. Um, And I wanted to share my recent experience with you because meeting our needs can require certain sacrifices that we make in our relationship in order to maintain it and to keep it healthy. And that's just going to look different for everybody. Um, So three years ago, Miles, my fiance, and I, we moved to Colorado. Miles is an avid snowboarder and has lived in this tiny little mountain town in uh, southern Colorado for 10 years on and off, um, and just has always wanted to buy a place there. It's just always been his dream. And I was dying to get out of Los Angeles and, you know, just to start a life with him. Um, But the thing is, at that time, I was just starting my coaching practice after transitioning from working as a mental health therapist um, at an agency in downtown Los Angeles. And Miles was doing some contracting work, um, which he was having to travel a lot for. So we really didn't have the financial means to properly buy a house. Um, So we did an owner financing through a friend who was selling his wood shop. So essentially we moved into a wood shop, which um, if you've seen an airplane hanger, it's like a round metal structure. Well, that's what we bought and we decided to renovate it into our home. So in theory, it was a magical idea, right? We were so excited to have our own place you know, right in the heart of this town, um, you know, that my partner loved so much and that I grew to love as well. Um, However, if you've done a a renovation to your house, you probably know the amount of stress that it can put on your relationship. So we had friends like contractors um, warn us about this project, but we just decided that we could handle it. Mind you, we were doing all the housework on our own because we didn't have the money to pay for help at that time. So fast forward, it was the hardest, I mean hardest, hardest times in our relationship. We, um, you know, we lived in a place, it didn't have hot water, 
We didn't have hot water. I had to boil hot water and take bucket showers for like two to three months. Yep, I had to put a bucket on the ground, boil that water. We would like bathe each other, you know, because because that's just what was, that's just the situation at the moment. Um, it was winter time, right? We didn't have a proper bathroom. We had no kitchen. We had no bedroom. We had no privacy. Um, and us, you know, literally having to build everything from scratch with little money in our account while I'm trying to build my business on the side and really provide for us both as he takes time off from work to focus on the house. I mean, talk about testing times. I mean, we fought almost every day. Um, I cried almost every day. Um, it was the first time in our relationship that I really began questioning if he was the one and if I was in the right relationship. Uh, before this, we were together for about two years and I never, I mean, never um, had that doubt, right? If, if I was in the rela right relationship or if he was the one. Um, and, you know, with me having a prior fearful avoidant attachment style, I was really impressed that I didn't have those doubts um, about, you know, our relationship for so long. But once our relationship you know, got really, really, really challenging, um, my anxiety just went through the roof. And so did my relationship anxiety. Um, I saw parts of him that really activated my PTSD. You know, with working on the house, he would get uh, super frustrated and angry, never directed at me, you know, but with my trauma around abuse, it really scared me. And I really had to implement, you know, setting emotional boundaries, learning to self-soothe, um, learning to regulate my emotions, reframe my thinking and seeing him, you know, not seeing him as the enemy. Um, you know, when I was activated to kind of, you know, seeing him as my partner who is human, who can have intense emotions, who can express anger, but still be a safe person. So it really challenged to it challenged me to move away from, you know, my very survival focused black and white thinking to just being more understanding and compassionate for his humanness. Um, you know, given obviously that my safety was not in jeopardy. Um, he also saw sides to me that weren't pretty, you know, my impatience, my inability to trust his judgment, my controlling behavior, uh, my moodiness, my doubts about our relationship. Um, and surprisingly, you know, despite all of our arguments, he never once questioned our relationship, but almost every day I was expressing my doubts about if we did the right thing, right? If we were compatible, um, if this was going to work. I mean, the, uh, the avoidance in my fearful avoidance wanted to run. It wanted to run. So between actively, you know, using my inner resources and tools to manage my inner challenges and him just being a secure anchor in our relationship, it really helped guide us through those years. But what you know really saved our relationship was just us being in tune with our needs through the process. Um, if not, I could have easily you know sabotaged the relationship and left. Um, so I wanted to shed some light on the difference between self-sacrifice and self-neglect because. There was an early episode where I shared that I was in the self-sacrifice era of our relationship and now sharing how, you know, it transitioned into self-neglect, which is why I had to make some serious changes 
and why I wanted to talk about this topic with you so that you can be aware of these shifts in your relationships, right? When, you know, if you do transition from self-sacrifice to self-neglect, because within self-neglect, that is just where a lot of the issues really start to occur. So I wanted to shed some light, um, again, on those differences. So I knew that moving to this new town and renovating our place was going to require a lot of sacrifice, right? Being away from family, uh, making new friends. I knew it was going to take a toll on my mental and physical health, my money, you know, being in a completely new environment. Um, However, despite all of that, I was really excited about it. Right, we had a goal, we had a vision in mind, and just making the sacrifice to realize those dreams felt good at the time. But as time went on, I noticed my feelings beginning to change. And I always tell you guys, your feelings are communicators. They are giving you feedback, right? So they're informing you about what needs you have, whether it's basic needs for food, for water, for shelter, to psychological needs for love, belonging, meaning, purpose, connection. So just keep that in mind, that your feelings are always guiding you to your needs. So maybe a year into the renovation and living in Colorado, I found myself crying a lot more. Um, I even had this tree in the backyard that I would cry to. It was just like my, my, my uh, I don't know, it was just so stable. It was just there to like support me. So that tree has seen a lot of tears um i was you know feeling very alone i was uh feeling really unhappy i even got to a point where i started taking antidepressants as a form of just managing my emotions because i'm telling you i could not stop crying um i just could not stop crying and in that process i started feeling a lot of shame right around supporting clients with their mental health yet here i was completely falling apart with a relationship that I felt was also falling apart. I even started having really familiar, you know, feelings of self-hatred come over me that I hadn't experienced in a really long time. Whenever I start feeling self-hatred, I know that I am not doing well. Um, I know that there is some kind of disconnect and was even uh, having suicidal ideation, which is the main reason I went on the medication. So clearly, my body was telling me that there were many needs that were not being met. Um, I went from self-sacrifice, right, to something that felt good, to something that we, you know, were on the same page about, to complete self-neglect, where I was just giving so much of myself to this house and this relationship without considering my needs and my desires, right? I was giving, giving, giving. I was not really receiving, Um, Did it have to come to this extreme point? Definitely not. Miles and I are just really hard workers. And when we have, you know, when we have our mindset on something, we will just work, work, work for it. Um, And that's not good, right? There needs to be balance. Um, And on top of that, I didn't have the resources to really provide myself with the things I needed. Um, I should also mention, I didn't have a car, which would have helped a lot in terms of giving me some freedom, right? To drive back to Los Angeles for breaks or to drive anywhere for that matter. Um, I sold my car before moving to Colorado to decrease our expenses. So we just had his truck that we were using. And to be honest, I hated driving his truck. Like I absolutely hated it. Um, I just, honestly, I just felt like I had nothing that was mine. 
nothing that felt like was mine. He was very much in his element and I didn't really have my element. I really had nothing that like belonged to me aside from, you know, my clothes and some of my belongings. Um, so as you can see, <coughs> sorry, you guys, my throat is so dry. Um, I had put myself in a very prickly situation. Um, I had no support but my partners. So you can imagine the pressure I was putting on him, right? And the pressure that he was feeling to support me and to try to make me happy. Um, solely relying on one person to meet your needs is a recipe for disaster. And I knew this, right? I totally knew this. So what I did is I immersed myself in my work, which was good in the sense that it launched the career that I have now, but terrible in the sense that I was continuing to neglect myself right? I was just giving, 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 but was not receiving in any way. Um, you know, and so all those TikTok videos that you see, uh, if you follow me on TikTok or Instagram, a lot of those early videos that you see were actually created during that time in our relationship. Um, and I was just channeling all that energy into creative videos, creative educational videos, which is so wonderful that people really found it to be helpful. Um, and it's led me to where I am now with almost 100,000 followers on TikTok and Instagram, which is wild, like wild, but so cool that like that were that many people that really resonated with this information. Um, and, you know, it was just teaching people these basic principles and finding and maintaining healthy relationships through my own experiences. So even though I was experiencing some of the hardest times in my life, it was also some of the most trans, trans, uh, transformative years in my life because I learned so much. I learned so much about myself and about love, right? I learned my limitations, my physical and emotional boundaries. I learned how to regulate my emotions. I learned a lot of patience, a lot of letting go, a lot of surrender. Um, I learned how to effectively communicate, how to respect and honor my partner's boundaries, right? And his ways of processing and dealing with stress um, and his boundaries, right? I learned that love is a choice, that we are choosing our partner every day. And most importantly, I learned to just really honor my feelings and meet my needs, which is a skill that I was not taught growing up. Um, and something that many people, especially in secure attachments, were not taught, right? To know your needs to feel worthy of them, to communicate them. I mean, this is a whole other language that we're learning, you guys. So essentially, you know, this period really put um, everything I knew to the test. It's, it's really actually fascinating that I have, you know, I have a lot of clients that are in their 50s, early 60s that, you know, we talk about needs and they're just so amazed, right? They're so amazed at the fact that they never, ever learned about this. And it's just a whole new process of self-discovery and really learning to understand themselves on a deeper level and most importantly, communicating, right? Finding a language to really communicate what they're feeling and what they're needing. So this topic of needs is just, it's transformational. It's transformational when you can actually apply it into your life. Um, yeah, and so, you know, and something that I want to mention here too is, you know, you are your best advocate, right? Even though you may have a loving partner, a supportive, you know, a supportive family member, supportive friends, 
only you know what you're truly feeling and what you're truly needing. Okay, so it's up to you to listen to yourself and to meet those needs. My partner, right, when I was experiencing all of those things, yes, he was there to support me, but he didn't know what I was really feeling. He didn't know what I was really needing. So if I didn't have the language to communicate that with him, it could have ended really, really poorly, right? Um, so it's I just can't stress the importance of having that language and having that insight so that you can communicate clearly and effectively what it is that you're experiencing and what it is that you're needing in order to satisfy those underlying needs, okay? Um, so you have to be your, your best advocate. You are your best advocate. So what did it look like to meet my needs? Well, first I had to check in with my feelings, right? We always wanna check in with our feelings. Um, at the time I was feeling stuck. I was feeling lonely, dependent, unhappy, sad, exhausted, uncomfortable. Um, and most importantly, something that was coming up a lot was I was feeling unsupported. I was feeling unsupported. So I knew that I had to find ways to support myself. Um, right. And I always teach too, when we identify the needs, it's us learning how to meet that need, Right and us communicating that need as well to our partner. Um, knowing that we can't depend on our partner to meet all of our needs, it is our responsibility to fulfill those needs as well. So I asked myself, hey Jess, what do you need? What do you need? What would make you feel supported? So for me, it was having a car, right? Having a savings account. We were just pouring all this money into the house yet we did not have a savings account and that was really important for me um having a space for myself that made me feel comfortable right an environment that made me feel good so aside from having you know a very vulnerable vulnerable conversation with miles um about my feelings and needs it was really scary obviously because you know we never know what the outcome is going to be especially if we're not really used to having those conversations especially if you have an insecure attachment style and, you know, historically, you expressing your feelings and needs had consequences or maybe it was rejected. So we have this history, this like negative history of expressing our feelings and needs. And so therefore, we become really scared about, you know, honoring that within our relationships. Um, but despite that, right, despite our fears, we have to communicate it. We have to, because if not, we neglect ourselves. So I did, and the outcome was really great. It was really, really great. Um, I bought a car, right, which met my needs for freedom, for connection, for adventure, for comfort. Um, we took a step back on the house, and my partner went back to work. He travels a lot for work. Um, so obviously, you know, the house stuff got, got you know, took a back seat. Um, but it was nice to not be the sole provider anymore. Um, so I felt a lot more supported in that way. Um, I took more trips with friends. I took road trips to California to visit my family. I should mention that I love solo car rides. They are essential for my mental health. I will drive across the country by myself if I have to, because I just absolutely love it. Um, it's great. Um, I started paying attention to my health and I stopped drinking coffee. I noticed that I was really, really fatigued. It's, bad. it's been about eight months or so and I honestly feel so much better from just 
eliminating coffee from my diet. Um, I started eating, you know, just more, more of a vegetarian diet, um, which just tends to work better for me and my health. Um, I created an e-course for my coaching program so that I could help more clients and not have to work so much on a one-on-one basis. Um, what else? I like renovated our little shack in the backyard into an office space um, and made that cozy and comfortable. Um, and most recently, I moved back to Los Angeles to a dream apartment right by the ocean that I still cannot believe is my reality, but I made it happen because I believed in myself, right? I believe in myself. I have created um, just a beautiful relationship with myself where I just really honor my value. I really have respect for um, the things I need and my desires, and I'm willing to make all of those things happen for myself because I deserve it. And guess what? You deserve to realize your dreams and your realities as well. Your dreams and your realities, your dreams and your needs as well to create the reality that it is that you want to experience. Okay. So it's all about finding that love, finding that self-worth, finding that self-respect and that value. Um, Yeah. You know, and so I realized I just wasn't happy in Colorado despite it being, you know, absolutely beautiful um, and forming some really great friendships there. It just never felt like my element, right? Miles is much more of a mountain snow person while I live for the ocean. I feel so much better by the ocean. He's German and I'm Brazilian, right? We come from two completely different hemispheres of the world, right? It's, it's encoded in our DNA. Um, so I just knew, I knew if I stayed... I would be neglecting my needs, which in turn would negatively impact our relationship and would cause me to really resent him. And I did not want to do that. So we decided, you know, while he's doing his traveling work this year, I would get a year lease here in the marina and we would see each other once a month. And I'm so glad, you know, that I made that move because since then I got off my antidepressants. Um, And, you know, despite having to deal with 30, 30 pounds that I gained from being on antidepressants for about seven months. Um, I feel so much better. I feel so much better. It is a night and day difference, which clearly is my body communicating to me that we did something right, right? Remember your feelings are always communicating to you. When you are feeling good, you are aligned. When you are not feeling good, you are misaligned. Something is not right. There is a need there that is not being fulfilled. So we know, right, in order to, when we fulfill those needs, we feel satisfied. When those needs are not feeling, are not fulfilled, we are dissatisfied. So it's very, very simple, you guys. It's very, very simple. We just have to be courageous um, enough to ask ourselves what it is we need and really begin to honor it. Um, Oh, and I should also mention that we got engaged over the summer while in Istanbul. He was on a work trip and, you know, we decided to make a personal trip out of it um, as we were really neglecting our relationship. So we, you know, that was really special. And um, he ended up asking me to marry him at the airport the last day. Uh, As I was walking through the security checkpoint, he gets down on his knees and... Yeah, with the ring, so that which he had the entire time. So anyways, it's just do not compare your relationship to anybody else's. Just don't. Just don't. 
your story is going to be so different than everyone else's story. Um, and that's just special and unique in itself. So yeah, that happened. Um, and literally, you know, a week after our, our engagement, I drove a thousand miles or so um, with a fully loaded car and our dog to Los Angeles, um, which you would think it's the opposite, right? When you're engaged, that you'd be moving closer to each other. Um, but we really moved apart in order to save our relationship. Um, and this arrangement is not forever. It's just something that I need right now. Um, and we have plans to be more mobile in the future. We actually have plans to do more traveling in Colorado, just going to be more so the home base, not where we are living consistently. <coughs> but, um, but yeah, those plans will be for a whole other podcast episode. Um, yeah, so, you know, although this arrangement is unconventional to a lot of people, um, it works for us. And I really wanted to share this experience because this has been a true journey of honoring and respecting each other's needs while in a committed relationship, right? It's accepting each other's differences and working together to support each other's well-being, um, which goes to show how important flexibility is within a relationship. And in order to be flexible, we need to be secure individuals, right? We can't be too rigid, right? We're, we're stuck in certain ways of operating. We're stuck in certain ways of doing things. We're stuck with certain belief systems and we can't be too loose, right? Where we don't communicate our needs, where we just kind of let anything go. We have to be flexible in our approach. And that's why flexibility is seen within security. It's seen within that secure attachment, which all of us can cultivate. We can all be secure, flexible individuals. So moral of the story, listen to how you're feeling. What's the underlying need that wants to be met that you know when you meet that need, you will feel better? Is it quality time that you need? Is it connection? Is it freedom, space, individuality, affection, attention, purpose, meaning? Get clear on what it is that you are needing and do your best to meet that need. How I fulfill my needs are going to be very different from how you fulfill yours. So start small. Is it more dates that you need to take with your partner? Is it more alone time that you want? Is it new friendships that you want to create? Is it a new place that you want to visit or a new place that you want to move to possibly? Is it a change in routine? Um, is it a change in job? Is it hiring help? Is it picking up you know, hobbies? Is it practicing more self-care? What do you need to feel better right now in your life? This is you turning the tables. This is you focusing all that beautiful energy that you have onto you and asking yourself what it is that you need. You deserve that attention. You deserve that love and that recognition. What do you need? What do you need? And honestly, the strength of your relationship is going to determine, um, is going to be determined by both of you, you know, communicating your needs and working on supporting each other through that process. I always get asked, how do I know if my relationship is worth it? How do I know if it's worth it? Well, by communicating your needs and seeing if you both are willing to meet in the middle. It's that mutual effort. And I'm going to tell you straight up, communicating your feelings and needs requires a lot of vulnerability, a lot of courage, and a lot of love. But in the end, 
it is so worth it. It is so, so, so worth it. Um, and if you need guidance through this process, I have an entire e-course that teaches you how to put this awareness into action, meaning how to identify your feelings and needs, communicate them, and most importantly, courageously honor them. How do I honor those needs? What does that look like? Um, and as a little gift, I'm offering everyone that listens to this episode, just this episode, a 10% discount using the code MEETMYNEEDS in all caps. Um, and I will add the link and the code in the show notes. So I hope someone really, really needed to hear this. Um, I hope you got some clarity and some, just some good insight from this transparent share today. Um, and I am just wishing you all the best on your journey. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening and I will catch you on the next episode.